0: Welcome to Porch Politics with the Equity Alliance co founders and co executive directors, Charlene Oliver and Tequila Johnson. Porch Politics is a part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Learn more about them at tnholler.com or follow the Holler on social media at the TN Holler. The world has always given Black people lemons, but the Equity Alliance is here to bring the sweet tea. Please note, that the statements and sentiments shared are only those of the individuals voicing them and not of the Equity Alliance. All right, so we're live again for another uh, Porch Politics. There's a lot going on in politics right now. So we had to come back and bring you guys some sweet tea, just to talk about what's happening both nationally, locally, on the state level. I mean, it is a lot going on. It's a lot going on. We just had a debate last night between the vice presidents. I hope y'all tuned in to that. It was kind of like up and down. Uh, It was boring at times, but then that fly hit on Mike Pence's head and then it just blew the internet up. So uh, that was happening. Oh, we got yeah. what, what else we got going on? Megan Thee Stallion was on SNL. We're gonna get into that in just a minute. Megan Thee Stallion on SNL. Um, all of the different things that are happening in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, record breaking number of people registered to vote in Tennessee 4.4 million. Uh, which is exciting to us when we started the Equity Alliance in 2016. Tennessee ranked 50th in voter turnout. We have applied so much pressure on both the state and local level, all across the state, Memphis, Chattanooga, just to make sure that people are actively talking about civic engagement and that, like our mission says, black and brown communities realize that they too deserve to have a voice in the civic process and have access, equitable access to the American dream. Right. And this, this election is one that everyone is saying, I'm going to have my say. I'm going to have my voice heard in November. And they're trying to get registered. So that $4.4 million felt good. It felt good it felt because really good. We, number one, we set a record in Tennessee just knowing that we were what, 40? We were 45th in voter registration in 2014. And now I'm curious to see what that number is going to be in that ranking going up after this. And I hate to pop my collar a little bit, but the XY had a lot this, to do baby. with that. So I want to sure just give a life. shout out to our team, our organizers in Chattanooga, Memphis, Murfreesboro, Ripley, Tennessee, Madison, right here in Nashville. Like, y'all did that. We did that. Like, we have been on the ground all year, all year round, really. Yeah. Registering folks folks to vote and and shout out to all of our coalition partners, the businesses that we've trained that are registering their employees to vote. Um, Shout out to all of the different organizations all across the state that are working in collaboration with us to register to vote. Shout out to Civic Tennessee for the tools that they provide. I mean, this has definitely been an exciting ride to right. really, really start to build up the civic momentum in Tennessee. But it's happening. And, and just right. know that you know we don't look at voting as being the thing that's going to lead us to liberation. But we definitely know that it's a tool that we have to use if we want to start to dismantle this system, which right. is what ultimately is going to lead to our liberation. So you know, the more people register to vote, the more people actually go out to the polls and vote, the more pressure we put on people in those positions that are making decisions about the, the issues that we care about. Whether that's affordable housing, whether that's policing, whether that's, you know, whatever, right. we need to make sure that they know that we coming for your seat, dog. if you don't do what we want you to do. Watch your seat, baby. Watch your mother feet seats. <laughs> we coming, baby. So, yes, we're excited about that. 4.4 million folks. What else? What um, else happening this week? It's just so much so so happening, much. It y'all. Like, up, y'all. It is so much. Let's talk about all the work that we're doing. You know, oftentimes we get on push politics and we talk about everything that's happening around us, but we don't talk about what's happening within the things that we're doing. Right. And, you know, like we said, we wore these jeans denim jackets today because we got to pop out college sometimes. You know, I think one thing that I saw on hey. that debate stage is that people don't understand How much work Black women do? Because oftentimes we sit in the background and do the grunt work and let the shiny stuff get everybody's attention. But now we're putting in major work Work. out here, okay? Pounding the pavement. We Not only are we protesting, not only are we registering voters, not only are we holding people accountable, we're building Black joy as well. We feel like at the cornerstone of our liberation, is black joy and so we got a lot of funny bits that center our culture the black culture the black experience unapologetically but that also serve a purpose in terms of our mission of making sure we have access to the american dream so tell us about let's talk about our, our man i to pull up my phone because we got a lot going on so i got my entire life in memphis this last weekend y'all because we were in memphis shout out to all the folks down there in memphis man we did Man. our <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm looking for houses in Memphis. It's so black in Memphis, y'all. I love, Ooh, it. I love it. So we, count in. We kicked off the "I'm Black and I Vote," Lord Jesus. "I'm Black and I Vote" tour, and we stopped in Memphis. We stopped in Jackson. We we took the vote mob. It was so fun. We yeah. was on the van. We, we, we was on the van, y'all. We had. Little boosted popping on the on the mic. Yeah, so we rented up we rented a sprinter van and we drove down to Memphis, y'all, with our whole Bo Mob squad. A few of them are from Memphis. A few of them are from other places. Shout out to Amplify the Vote, a national organization working to get more Black men civically engaged. They met us down there. I had so many friends. I have so many friends in Memphis because I went to TSU. So, you know, TSU is Memphis University. So I had so many friends that came out and that I haven't seen in years. So that was amazing. We had an awesome panel of Black men. Shout out to Black men. shout out to black men, y'all, because I was looking around the room, I was like, ooh, Lord. (laughs) It's fine, smart black men up in here. It's black men in politics, It's black men in politics, y'all, and I think oftentimes because black women are the cornerstone of the family and we carry the the vote, carry the Democratic vote, we oftentimes get that divide or that separation between black women and black male voters, but what last weekend showed me uh, was that Black men ride for black women. They do. When you get them something, when you give them something to ride in, when you pull up like, beep, Man, beep, we baby, baby, look, it. I got a plane. <laughs> we yeah. so we partnered <laughs> with Amplify Action out of South Carolina. Shout out to y'all. So they drove, y'all. these two black men drove all the way from South Carolina to meet us in Memphis. That's love, right there. It's love. That's major Shout love. Shout out to Brandon and Rashad. Yes, Rashad. Oh my god. So it was it was fun. They came out to the brunch, um, and we did we did our thing. We did our the thing. The panel was so dope. It was so dope. Let's talk about that for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Black men and voting. Yeah. So the panel was titled. I wish I could pull up my notes. I have yeah, so many good notes. Black men and voting, and it was basically asking the court the, the partisan question of, what inspires or what makes a black man. Decide to vote Republican or Democrat or independent or libertarian, and so you know, there was a Republican, um, black man on there who's active in the Republican Party. You had someone who was kind of like, you know, I don't care about either one of these parties in the middle of the road, more independent. Um, you had Touche, who's uh, Representative Parkinson, who's a Democratic representative down there, and then you had CJ Walla, who is. I mean, just all kind, just a very intellectual brother who really looks at politics and breaks it down to like, what does this actually mean beyond just how does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to have all those different Black men from all across the political spectrum talk about one, their experiences, but two, their feelings and what they want. We never ask Black men, like, what y'all want? Right, right. So that was interesting. Yeah, and I can see, you know, I'm not a Black man, obviously, but I understand where they coming from, because where they sit, they're not getting anything. They're not getting anything from the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. So as a Black man, they are more so independent out here than anything. And so they're like free agents. Like, who going to give me what? Yeah. And one of the quotes that stuck out to me that, um, I think it was Cju said, mm-hmm. basically, Republicans, It they, was Brandon. Was it Brandon? Brandon, he said, Republicans, use racism no that was it, republicans oh gosh i gotta get it right it was so good they basically it was like republicans advocate for racism and Democrats, but the it, democratic yeah. party uses racism and i thought that was there's so much truth in that because republicans they ain't shy about what they they out here they, they out, out here. here they ain't ashamed to be racist look at look at trump Look at Pence. Look at you know our governor. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but the Democratic Party they use it in such a way where we're taken for granted, and they use our race and mm-hmm. our identity to get what they want, mm-hmm. but we never get anything in return. So I thought that was really slick with it. And then as a black man, you see you know they out here, they got to fight the police. You know they endangered species. They get right. shot in the streets. Um, and then they don't. They go home to, you know, neighborhoods where they don't see change. So mm-hmm. what are they supposed to think? And then as black women, we've had to carry that burden, and so it's almost like well, we heard hurting too. And it, and I and I said this at to, to, I think it was Cju and I was talking, and I said like, why does it have to be a comparison of trauma? Like why does the black man experience have to be compared to the black woman experience? almost like we're competing for who's been hurt the most to justify who needs the most when we both can need different things and it doesn't have to mean that you can't get what you want so that was very interesting to me to just hear like how we're often gaslit to like you know create this divide in politics between oh well black men we men so we gotta like claim our space and we can by claiming our space we have to make sure that black women know that this is our space and it is like as black women we have to claim our space and we have to let black men know that we can shine the street too we ain't got no jobs neither we ain't and so it's like you spend so much time debating trauma that you never really and i read this story before it was like you put red ants and black ants in a jar you shake it up they're gonna kill each other But they will spend so much time fighting each other to get out the jar that they don't even realize that we need to be trying to get out the jar to fight the person that shook the jar up. So it's like, how do we begin to build that kind of consensus, that kind of community and be in relation enough to, you know, I guess be empathetic enough and graceful enough with one another to understand that we both hurt in different ways. Right. But we still hurt. Right. And we have but one oppressor. We got one oppressor. The black man is not my enemy. I love black men. Me too, girl. <laughs> I love them. If any of my am single, ready to mingle. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> shameless plug, <laughs> but I still love black men. I mean, as a black woman, it doesn't mean like if I'm exerting my womanhood, my my blackness. That doesn't mean I'm putting you down as the black man. It, it doesn't mean that, and so I just feel like. We can all celebrate each other. We can celebrate each other. You can you can celebrate a black man without being called a pick me or without feeling like my acknowledgement of the black male experience diminishes what it means to be a black woman. Or vice versa. Me acknowledging that black women have a struggle does not take away from my manhood or from my experience as a black man. Like they both can coexist. It's nothing more revolutionary than the black family, man. I'm telling you, nothing is more revolutionary than black love. Black love, baby. Whether you love a man or a woman, hello, two together is better than one. Man, so. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to have my bills paid right now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just playing, y'all. I'm just <laughs> cool. So that's what we did in Memphis. We also had we pulled up at Bill's Barbecue. Uh, excuse me, Big Bill's. Big, Barbecue. big, bank bills. <laughs> Barbecue. Shout yes. out to Curtis Gibbons for yes. allowing us to come into his restaurant. Yes. Shout out to Jay Whitlow. Jay too. Whitlow. And his daddy. Yeah. Yes. And the, the plug, baby. Let Jay You, plug. you meant to talk like Jay Whitlow, baby. Yes. The so Jay Whitlow daddy. Every time I was like, you are so beautiful with your hair. I just love compliments. So thank you to Jay Whitlow's daddy for showering me with compliments. So that we could, you know, do our thing while we were down there. That was, I feel very appreciated in Memphis just being around all those black people. Now, we just didn't have fun. We actually got some work done, too. Yeah. We texted over 4,000 unregistered voters in Memphis. Shout out to the organizers. Yeah. We pulled up on Bill Street. We pulled up on Bill Street. We handed out t shirts. We got people pledged to vote. We registered voters. Uh, We did so. Much in this short time. And you know, we have organizers on the ground in Memphis that are doing this work every day. But I think, like, the camaraderie of when I thought about building an organization, I thought about team camaraderie. Like, I didn't want this to be like what I experienced in corporate America, where everybody's going out playing golf. And I'm like, well, now I got to learn how to play golf. I don't even like golf. But I wanted this to be about our culture and our experience as Black people. So we listened to, we bonded over listening to trap music. We bonded over listening to soul music. Tori, our organizing director, sang us, sang, sang us all the way home on Sunday. Uh We talked about our differences. We talked about our similarities. It was just a great experience right. to be around people. And I'm like one of the younger, I'm, I'm always the youngest person, one of the youngest people in the group. So it's always great to be around older black people. Like not that they're that much older than me, but four or five years older than me, and hear and learn from them. So that was a great experience. This just was an all around great experience. Was a great weekend. Yeah. So then we went to Lane College. Yep, we went to Lane College on Sunday. Shout out to Char- Serita Austin. Sarita Austin, she y'all. She did a great job planning our brunch in Lane at Lane College. So we spoke to probably the, we spoke to the entire football team at Lane College. Uh-huh and all the fraternities and sororities. And we just got them excited about voting. Yeah. And really, we, we tried to connect with them on their level. It's one thing to just talk about, well, we can give you 10 reasons why you need to go vote. That doesn't resonate well with the young folks. We got to like put it on their level. So meet them where they are. Meet them where they are. So we have Chen. I love our little Chen. Yeah, shout out to uh, the, the, the great, what I call him? <laughs> The great philosopher Leland Evans, <laughs> Leland X, Leland X, uh, Young Jeezy Evans. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't check out our Instagram, we posted a video of the chant that we did. It's called "I'm Black, I Vote," and they don't want no smoke. They don't want no smoke. They and, don't oh, They, oh, they no don't smoke. want no smoke. And the day is the oppressors that are out here trying to oppress us. The racists that are trying to oppress us. Anybody who is anti-blackness, they don't want no smoke. And we got plenty of fun Yep. So that's the I Black and I, I Vote tour that we kicked off last weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to Chattanooga. So it's the second leg of the tour. We're going to stop there do a couple of events. And uh, head on back to Nashville uh, and close out the tour. So I'm excited. Yeah. So y'all know I'm from Chattanooga, born in Um Park Projects, raised in City View, baby. So I'm excited about going to Chattanooga. I'm excited about being in my hometown. I see my mom, obviously, uh, seeing some of my family members. But more so, you know, I think it's like this nostalgic feeling of going home with a purpose. Like, I'm not just coming back home like, yo, I'm back. But it's like, I'm back. And I have something to offer and I have something to say. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Chattanooga gear up, your girl coming home, baby. Like Usher said, What's up? I'll at your girl. <laughs> <laughs> Chattanooga has a special place in my heart as well. I got engaged there. So, you know, I'll always have some great memories in Chattanooga. And it's just a great city. If you haven't, go go check out Chattanooga for a little weekend. Got a great downtown area. It's just an all around nice place. Yeah. I think that's why I like Memphis so much because it reminds me a lot of Chattanooga. Um, I feel like in Nashville, you can't just be black. You have to be, oh, I'm black and I am the co-founder of the Equity Alliance, or I'm black and I'm blah 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 blah. But in Chattanooga, like I can just be black. Like in Memphis, you could just be black. So That feeling is always a good feeling when you go places where your blackness is celebrated. But Nashville, I do think, is the cornerstone or the center of what Tennessee politics looks like. So I appreciate that part of Nashville. But one of the things that I do want to see happen in Nashville is us begin to allow the black culture to really permeate and be what East Nashville is. Like, we got a tomato fest. Like, I want white people to understand what it's like to be a black person beyond TSU's homecoming. What's yeah, next? Uh, so, you know, drop us something Drop us some questions. What's up, yes. Odessa? What y'all want to know? What y'all want to talk Shout out to Odessa, man. <laughs> Odessa came in and said, hold up? She said, we can't talk to these student athletes like this. These are athletes. So shout out to Coach Odessa, man. She got us together. Right. Hun- like a true and- organizer. Yeah. That was, uh, that was amazing. Eric Brown. Like, y'all, we took all the season organizers on the tour. Like, nothing. There was no way we couldn't organize. Like, even when we were trying to, like, well, we did enough, it would be like, well, let's go here and jump out and right collect signatures. I mean, it was just an organizing That's right. weekend. That's right. uh, but what else do we have going on? We have a lot of events this month. Let's talk about our events. Yes, we have a lot of events. Tonight, we're doing um an electric protection uh training. That'll be happening every single week. I think on third um, Wednesday night. Yeah. So if you're interested in making sure that Black people are protected at the polls, check out our election protection team. Amber Akins is over there. Um, we're doing phone banks every week. Yeah. Um, after this weekend, what do we have? Um, yeah. So we're doing phone banks every week. Volunteer orientation twice a week. Yes. So if you're still interested, there is still time to get involved with the Equity Alliance to to make calls to to you know. Text voters. Yeah, we help with events. Yeah. We're, we're, we're always looking for an extra helping hand. Uh-huh. And our goal for Voter Ridge this year was 50,000, and we've exceeded that. Our goal for phone calls for the last three months was 60,000. We've exceeded that. Yeah. So we've exceeded our goals. I've had to set new benchmarks. Our organizers are just killing yeah, the game. Our volunteer recruitment goals, like Tamika, shout out to Tamika White, who's been riding down with us. Like, that the day one. <laughs> Ooh, our volunteer orientation is like through the roof. We so right. many people thank you to all our dedicated volunteers. Like the voter guide is out. Yes, the voter guide is out. tmvoterguides.com. You can go check that out right now. Uh, if you're Memphis, Chattanooga or Nashville, we got the voter guide. And I'm excited because we got a new little feature in there. It's a whole like glossary of terms, almost like a little, little dictionary jargon, yeah, dictionary. Yes. Yeah. We like to give like We we just don't want you to just feel Empty handed at the polls We actually <laughs> want to help you You know make the best decision at the polls So we, we don't want to shame you If you don't know what something means Like we're here to help you And try to walk you through that process So we're excited about the voter guide So shout out to Pastor Earl from Up the Boat 901 He just got on there and said Tell you to talk about your hoop game Oh now pastor earl hold on now pastor <laughs> you don't want no smoke now i used to put them up now i used to put the three-pointers up you're talking about all city all state right here all side. you know what i'm saying Girl, you, you, better, you better love. stretch before you go out there and talk about some smoke <laughs> don't you play no basketball after this election now i'm not carrying this by my <laughs> <laughs> no, you, so you ain't man. got no pto so you don't <laughs> try to play no <laughs> basketball before this election though I know. Earl. I know. That's how I'm we to do it one-on-one pastor. Okay. <laughs> Bring the olive oil hold on to rub it down. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we the voter guy, man. That's that's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a couple of printed copies that we're gonna put in some businesses, but for the most part, you'll be able to download the voter guy. Our organizers have flyers with the QR code. Um, that's a great tool, y'all. So make sure y'all share that with everybody. Yes. Um, next week, not this weekend, but the following week when we have some great events coming up. So we're doing um a watch party, a debate watch party. Mm-hmm. The very last presidential debate is happening right here in Nashville at Belmont University. And we are, you want to talk about it? Yeah, so we're partnering um with a group. Shout out to the Da Silva family. Um, they have an app with which lets you track food trucks. So, we're going to be partnering with them. Food Trucks and Chill is the name of their 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 business. And we're going to host a debate watch party. It's going to be free food, entertainment, you name it. I'm over here. October 22nd is yeah. the date of the, the debate watch party. That's and why. it's going to be drive through movie style, right? Yep. It's going to so be we'll have the movie social style. distance outdoors. So, come. And it's going to be a great time to just, you know, just chill. Yeah, just and so, chill. the other thing is, because I know, like, That man that occupies the White House right now has been trying to back out of these debates. So any event that he backs out the debate, the, the, the debate is still going on. Yep, we and, said the show must go the on. The show must go on. So, and that's gonna be the name of it. The show must go on. This debate watch party is yes about being educational around the election, but it's again everything that we do is not about shoving politics down people's throat. It's about meeting people where they are, where they are, and creating opportunities for Black joy. Right, right. Speaking of Black joy, we're hosting a tailgate. Uh, so you know, TSU homecoming couldn't happen this year because of COVID. But we got y'all. We are strolling to the polls, y'all. Woo, we oh, be so anyway, we're gonna, stro- <laughs> we gonna be strolling to the polls. Are we doing October twenty fourth or the seventeenth, too? Um. So it's gonna be on the seventeenth. So okay. on the seventeenth, uh, we will have a tailgate at the polls. It's gonna be hosted by the TSU Sophisticated Ladies. It's gonna be an amazing. We have the the um the, the make-a-lodge supporting us, the sigmas, the, the omegas, the na- uh Nashville, National Panhellenic, National Pan Hellenic Nine is gonna be supporting. So we're gonna be turn. you know, I still got it. <laughs> so we're gonna be out there turn up strolling to the polls. Uh, hopefully we can get a lot of people to come out and just represent. You know what a cap was that? Hey, what a alpha's that? Y'all get ready. At. What a, you know? Get ready. What a omega back holding oh, yeah. love, baby. We're gonna be having food out there on the grill. So come check us out October 17th from 12 to 4. We're gonna be at the Southeast Antioch uh, Library and Community Center at the polling precinct down there, Antioch. It's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah. And then we have a brunch that we're hosting a on Halloween. And day party. And day party. So it's a brunch slash day party. So if you want to take the kids trick-or-treating, you can come to the brunch, turn up real quick, have grown folks fun, be gone by four o'clock, pick the kids up, take them to Hallelujah Night or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> and, and you know, still do it. But we wanted to make sure that we had something for all of those who are afraid of voting. The last thing you should do this election cycle is ghost-opposed. Do not ghost pose, baby. So yeah, that's that's going to be on the 31st at Minerva. Mask and Mimosas is what we call. it. Mask and Mimosas uh, at Minerva Avenue, baby. It's going to be a scary, fun event. Shout out to Black Rob and DJ Crisis. Shut up and vote. It's gonna, it's going down, and the proceeds are gonna go to our election day GOCB efforts. So, rise to the polls, having concierge. We want concierge at the polls. People with umbrellas, people with food in the event that something happens, and so that's where the proceeds from this brunch are gonna go to. Uh, it will be social distance as well. So, if you're interested in going, go to our website. We have a link for you to buy your ticket. Uh it's a bottomless brunch, so you'll be able to eat all you want. Y'all know it's gonna be lit. Y'all know how black Rob do. So get your tickets early, baby, because it's gonna sell out. Yes indeed. I'm It's gonna sell out. Me that. too. I'm excited. What you gonna wear? I don't know, girl. I need to give me a mask. A cute little I like dress up like Kamala Harris. <laughs> Put me a little wig on, girl, and a blue suit. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know. I so, might. I'm normally not a Halloween person. And my birthday is on the twenty sixth, y'all. Hey, so, birthday, boo. Don't forget that event, y'all can cash out me, Charlayne Oliver. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna wear because I'm normally not Halloween. I don't know. School. I might dress like an essential worker, a nurse or a doctor. They've been, they've been nurses been holding it down, baby. I might dress like a nurse. Okay, okay. You know, cool. Just so, in case you need your temperature checked. Hello. What else is happening? Um uh, so, so you want to talk about? So have y'all seen? the the stripper psa get your booty to the pole i please tell me you see it <laughs> y'all know i love them strippers shout out to sunshine i'm here for it okay and i am I'm, too i'm here for it i am too. i am here for it like some people love strippers does that mean that we should disregard them no, no. let them love strippers. stripper's and the, the yeah and the thing that i liked about it the most was when it first came out people were like oh men aren't taking advantage of them and, da, 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 da. and the strippers was like right. no, no, no 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 no, one stripper was like i'm working on my master's in political science i wanted to do this like right. i we put this together it was a it single is. mom who put that together with fellow strippers to get the word out about voting and so for me i just feel like we we like to We like to elitist, make everything seem elitist. And then we question why everyday people don't want to be a part of it because they like strippers. They like smoking (laughs) cigars. They like kicking it at the club. (laughs) They like making it rain. They like making it rain. So they know where they are. They don't want to come to your stuffy panel. Right. That's why they ain't up in here. Right. So, yeah, it's like. So, what's going to get their attention? Some ass in their face. Some ass in their face, which (laughs) now that we're talking about that, we should talk about. Because I've been so, like, drained with people praising the Republican strategy from the debate uh, with Kamala Harris. What was the strategy? Because I saw none. (laughs) So people just feel like, oh, the Republicans, like, I've heard so many people say that, like, oh, they have this strategy. And it's like, you so what, Gaslight. They just gaslighting people. They're just, they're talking to a particular group of people and their messaging is consistent because they're not trying to tell you the truth about what you need to do to get changed. They're just worried about winning. Yeah. Period. And so it's like, it may seem elaborate when you look at it on the surface because you're like, wow, like they're able to keep these people's attention. But how hard, I mean, how hard is it to keep somebody's attention if you're lying to them? Easy, it's easy to to tell you what I think you want to hear to get you to do what I want you to do. Like that's pimping 101. on mm-hmm. one. So it's like y'all are praising them for being pimps, but you're saying you won't change. Mm-hmm. Either you want either you want this true, or you want me to tell you what you want to hear because it sounds strategic. I that's mean, that bullshit. It is that bull. That's that bull. That's that. That's not bull. section for, for the for the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I don't. I ain't feeling it. I ain't feeling it. Because I feel like the the right likes to uh point the finger at poor people and say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Y'all are lazy. You're this, this, and that, and the third. But my thing is y'all are stupid. If if we're lazy, y'all are stupid and ignorant for filing for this stuff yeah. that the Republicans are feeding, y'all. Because they're using y'all. They're using. Poor white folks, they using everyday white working class people to enrich their pocket for themselves. That's what Trump doing. That's exactly he, what he's, he's doing. He's been using the presidency to get himself rich and pay off his debt. He don't care about us. He don't care about nothing. He don't care about Republicans. He don't care about nobody. Y'all see what he did when he get in trouble? He throw everybody under the bus. Everybody so going good. under the bus. He driving that mug on. Hundred miles an hour. And I think a part of it is like people romanticize the villain oftentimes like people love gangster movies we love the big time drug dealers love we love yeah. all of that because people who are oftentimes viewed in this villain light have this sense of resiliency like they just don't care and a lot of times i think people we innately we want to be we want to be the people who don't care what people think and just do it but that's not reality like that is kind of narcissistic. And and most people like that are, you know, borderline personality disorder. You know what I'm saying? Like those people probably crazy, you know what I mean? So speaking of crazy, did you see that article? They tried to kidnap the Michigan governor. Let me say something. Let me fix my throat in case many racist people watching and you want to come kidnap a real nigga. Let me tell you something. (laughs) I ain't gonna say the N-word. Sorry, my reason why people watch it. Sorry about that, but I'm um, keeping real with y'all. You want to try to come? Ooh, y'all, that is some crazy, shit, man. They've been fly like that never happens to me. We going viral and something like that to me because I'm telling you, man. I be I've been working well, like out. They 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 call them before, you know. It's always an informant. It's always an informant. Yeah. Somebody on the inside watching, but so, somebody just snitched them out and yeah. told them what they was gonna do. They always snitching. So Odessa uh, just asked a question. She said, "What do we do if Trump gets reelected? We do what we've been doing. We've been surviving. You feel me? Like the this is gonna sound bad, y'all, but I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. The one silver lining in everything that's happened in 2020 is white people feel oppressed. (laughs) Like Trump makes white people feel like, oh my God, like this is bad." Right. the pandemic has made white people feel like oh my god like we're operating with minimal right now like my we're, business is are losing isn't doing our rights well. and we're losing, we're losing money like money yeah and like revenue we, and we, For once y'all feel like y'all it to the bottom you know and, and i'm just like well welcome to being black you almost black you almost black you ain't black because you you don't had a 400 year head start so you should have a war chase but I understand what it feels like to be overlooked. I understand what, understand what it feels like to not be heard, to feel like your voice doesn't matter, to feel like you got to do like Kamala and remind somebody that you're speaking when you're speaking. I mm-hmm. understand what it feels like all too often, too much, too well. But you know, I'm not afraid of Trump getting reelected. I'm afraid of what happens to our democracy if Trump gets reelected. But yeah. baby, I have made. I we don't swim through you know deep sea with sharks with no life vest with no food landed on an island had to figure out how to survive. We're gonna right. be alright. We're resilient. Now that's not an excuse for us to continue to have to operate in this 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 mindset or this space. But we're gonna be okay. Right. This what democracy I do, gonna be okay? No, I, no, 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 no. What I do worry about is people's mental and emotional well-being after the election. I I think back to November 9th, 2016, the day after Trump got elected, and there was this this massive, like, what the fuck just happened? I don't think we're going to have that reaction this time, but I do feel like people are just going to be like, damn. We all voted, and then they still won, and they cheated. And And there's going to be this defeated mentality, and like, we're going to have to come together where, where do we put those emotions how do we channel that that attitude and that trauma and let's be real it's, it's going to be trauma to to experience another loss and a blow to our democracy and to whatever is going to be coming next yeah so i think we will we need to think about that the day after the election like, or, what do we do yeah, yeah what do we do and, and another thing about that we may not have a winner on november 3rd on election night we need to all prepare ourselves that we might not know who the president is, president is gonna be because they may contest the election. We might it might be two, three, four days, a week. We don't know. We might even have another you know, Bush Gore um situation going on that happened in two thousand. We don't know. So that's that's real talk, you know. We don't we don't know and we need to prepare for the worst, but I, I wanna stay optimistic we're going to be all right but i will be, be all right, will will be all say, right. Yeah. it's 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 crazy because civic engagement elections is something that usually doesn't have this much momentum mm-hmm. and so we operate in this space on in this policy space in this electoral space odessa and stand up you guys do too so you understand uh we do this 24 7. yeah and so i think the thing is when no matter what happens There's going to be trauma because if Trump wins, people are going to feel trauma like my vote didn't count. If Trump loses and we lose on a congressional level and they don't see policy change, people are going to feel some kind of way. So the best thing to do is not let this momentum die to begin reaching back out to the people, which is why it's very important that when you are doing election work around an election, whether it's registering voters or whatever, you team up with people who do this year round. Right. Because what happens after the presidential is people slack off and they'll be like, okay, we did our vote to reg Trump out of there. And then when it comes time for us to elect Congress or to elect the state senators, yeah. people are, turnout is low. Right. And you have organizations that, like the Equity Alliance, who don't have the capacity because the money to invest in Black-led organizations that do what we do is power building work. It's very minimal. And so the momentum dies, people drop off, Then it's it, it just a cycle that keeps happening. No, we don't need temporary political people. Like, if you're going to be politically engaged, then you have to stay politically engaged for the judges' races, for the, the state senators, for the U.S. senators, for Congress. Like, you got to be U.S. House representatives, state House. I mean, you got to, I mean, all the way down to the county clerk, you got to be engaged because all of those things, all of those elections, have consequences and sometimes those consequences can be good you can get somebody in the senate that understands that we need to restructure how we spend money in the state because the reality is a lot of the issues that we care about as black people aren't even decided on as by the president most of them come from that you know the the congress and the the state senators so i don't know i I feel like we got to really get people to see beyond just the president
1: And that's hard.
0: It's going to take all of us working together, which is hard. And I think that, like Siju, that's what Siju said, that was very good at the panel. Mm -hmm. Is that unity, we always preach unity for Black people, but there is no standard of unity because we don't have like a consensus. So there is no we. But I think that one of the, especially when you do electoral politics, because electoral politics can seem, like I said, elitist, it can seem very separative, and so people are more inclined to focus on issues, like, that's what people care about, because that's what's impacting them, they care about, you know what I'm saying, police violence, because they, they see that every day in their life, but what ends up happening is, the issue never connects to the policy that controls the issue. And So if if I'm out here and I'm fighting police violence but I'm not talking to and sharing the information with the people who are in the electoral space sometimes that message gets gets missed. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I know if history has told us anything is that our change and liberation is not going to come through the government or through voting. It's come, it it's from the people. Right? When the people rise up, when the people decide to move that's when change happens. When pressure pressure is applied, that's when change happens. So I'm optimistic that win or lose, whether Trump wins, whether Biden wins, we're going to be all right because we're still going to be out here organizing 365, 24-7, mm-hmm. looking out for our people. Yeah, I think sometimes people see us working around voting and they think that that is we think that's the answer. Yeah, and I'm like, no, we don't think that's the answer. Like, if if this situation, if Black liberation was an engine, voting is just the car, the thing to jack the car up. It's just another way of applying pressure. Mm-hmm. We don't look at voting as the end all be all, or like, right. oh, if we all just go to the polls and vote, police will stop killing people, or if we just go to the polls and vote, we'll have a livable wage, and we'll have health care, or we'll have access to money. Or no, voting is just one tool in a toolbox full of tools. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the one tool that we See as a very effective way To apply pressure and if you really Think about it what do white people do When white when anytime You've seen some real change Happen in America where they Altered the constitution What did it come from the things That the equity alliance focus on money And political power Money moves folks. Money let me tell you something better. Money Get moves People in their pockets Lock it to the pocket, and get the attention. Lock it to the pocket. So, for us, like I said, our work happens at that intersection of economic empowerment and justice and political power. So, economic power and political power, they clash, and that's where the Equity Alliance exists. That's a good, uh, yeah, we ain't talking about Saturday Night Live, though. Oh, you don't know what that? How much time do we have? We still got 15 more minutes. Oh. <laughs> we tired, y'all, look, we've been working our ass off, like for real, I I mean, we've been working our ass off, I mean, not just in public, like it's hard when you are a public facing person, and people know you, I went to a walk on the trail, and this lady like wants to take a picture of me, she was like, oh my god, you're tequila, I was like, what's up? <laughs> that was so weird for me because I was just i was a chick from Chattanooga, from the hood, like just trying to make a change. I don't even think about myself that way. Yeah, but I'm no. learning to start to, though. Yeah, I don't think of myself like that either. And I have to be more conscious of like not leaving the house looking busted because people do want to take pictures and I'll see you in. The store. And yeah. You can't be looking busted. We don't take no pictures. So, like, you tickle the lines, girl. They be busted off camera. <laughs> <laughs> it be real. The struggle is real, y'all. Really but, um, yeah. So, Megan Thee Stallion, SNL, SNL stands for Saturday Night Live, came back last Saturday and she performed. And if you haven't checked it out, check it out on uh, YouTube. She did this powerful performance. She performed uh, her hit song, Savage. But at the end was a little treat. She had a message for Daniel Cameron, the uh, prosecutor from Kentucky who chose not to uh, indict the officers who killed Breonna Taylor. And so that was that was a powerful message about protecting the black woman. But also we got to protect our black men out here as well. So I, I loved it love it too and shout out to um the goddess tamika mallory uh black activist um i'm in a i'm in a fellowship with one of her co-founders linda sasor and one of the things that i really love about linda is we had an issue in the fellowship and one of the girls a black girl was not being heard and linda who is a, a muslim woman a palestinian woman she spoke up for this this girl in a way that all of these people i'm the only person from the south so these are all like big name people and then it's me from the south not that i'm not a big name but you get what i'm saying and she spoke up for this girl in a way that i've never seen a non-black person do and it just made me have so much respect for her and i started following her on social media and we followed each other on social media and i started following tamika because i saw and she gave clout to tamika like I learned this from being around Tamika, and I've followed her for the last year. And I just, you know, I love the way that she's unapologetic about how she speaks truth to power. But in the same sense, she's not this activist that's out here, like, with the biggest afro, throwing up the things. Like, she, she can do that. But you'll see her with her braids down to her butt. You'll see her with her weave. She'll come out in essence with her tailored suit and her red lipstick. And if y'all know me, you know that I'm somebody that I'll do all kinds of stuff with my hair. I'm very into fashion. I'm very into looking good and feeling good. Like, that's the project kid in me, you know what I'm saying? We are not coming outside busted. And so I don't know. It just makes me feel like in this activist space, People portray that you have to have this certain image and it has to be this rugged, almost like privileged in the sense, but, you know, kind of like, I don't know. It's like this overly woke narrative. And what I see from hard surface, like, yeah, like you still struggling, like you still poor, like you poor and and can't afford, you know, can't afford a nice car or certain, certain, you know, luxury items. Because you got to portray this like, I'm from the hood, I'm from the struggle, and I'm still in the struggle, and I'm still attached to it. Or else I don't have no, no credibility. No, no credibility credit. or no street cred. And I don't like that. And the crazy thing about oh, yeah. it is 98% of the activists don't come from the hood. Like, they've never lived in the hood. They come from pretty privileged backgrounds. And, I mean, that's something that me and Charlene talk about all the time because people see us doing a electoral organizing and say, like, oh, that's like the shiny polished group. But it's like we probably the one group that's actually the founders <laughs> are really from the hood. Yeah, both of us. us. And but I shouldn't but have. that. I don't it. wear that shit on my sleeve. Yeah, I, I shouldn't to, have like, to be like prove shit to y'all. Yeah, the, the proof is in the results. The proof is in the receipts, baby. I don't have to, and I ain't trying to go back. I'm not trying to go I'm back. I'm not trying to go it. back I'm to eat hungry. ramen noodles. I ain't trying to go back to eating. um. Vienna sausages. Yeah, I and my kids ain't not struggle. It. It's like my mom. Yeah, you know yeah, like I'm the first person in my family to graduate college, so I don't wait. wait. When I still eat ramen noodles, though. I, ain't no lie. I don't. I hate the way them things smell. I hate when my daughter eat them. It, it got to be a drunk, empty refrigerator. No, nah, I barely me to get this. eat. I don't eat really bologna anymore. Like none of that like stuff that we ate because it was the cheapest stuff in the store that we douse yes, meat and crackers. And food stamps would only buy. Come on, man. Like, yeah, so it's like, who wants to? Why do we glorify this? Why do we glorify that lifestyle? Because if you went in the hood right now and pulled 10 people out and said, what y'all want, they're gonna say money. People right. in the hood want the same thing these white folks want. They want good jobs. They want what the you see. This is see you words. They want good jobs. They want to feel like they have access to prosperity. They want to feed their family. They don't want the police circling around their block. They want to live. They want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness too. Right. So I hate that we glorify this narrative of, oh, I'm we struggling and we like fuck forget that. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm not That's fighting. trauma mentality. That's trauma. I'm not fighting against trauma. I'm fighting for liberation. I'm trying to heal. Yeah, I'm trying to heal people. Because if you if you root change in trauma, you're going to always need trauma for whatever you're fighting for to survive. So you're going to subconsciously invoke trauma on the same people you're trying to heal. Why nah? I see it way too much happening in Nashville. Oh, God. White people are worse with it, too. They... They'll tell you they want something, and then it's like actually they want you to like have some poor black people come no. and fucking bojangle for them. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna. I'm put, not gonna no. put my story out there just for you to hand me a, a donation. Like no, nah. no. You get what you get. You get what you get. What I'm serving today, baby. Do you want justice or do you want charity? Which one you want? They want charity, and the Equity Alliance is not a charitable organization. We, are, we are, and you. We are justice seeking. Okay, power building. Anything you put into the organization, to the equity alliance, is an investment because you're going to get a return. We're going to hand you receipts. Hello. Three things we produce results, receipts, and return on your investment. Hello. Oh, girl, that's it right there. I'm going to tweet that out tomorrow. Check yes, out. tag me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That's going to go viral. Mm. But yeah, so it's just so much we can talk about, y'all. I don't want to keep talking about like all these different traumas. But I do think that after this, I've been in conversations with with several uh, foundations about, because there's this notion of collective impact. Yeah. And for those of you all who don't know, that means Black people working together. And what <laughs> ends up happening is they don't threw all of us, like, like Jay-Z said, crabs don't belong in a goddamn barrel. So of course we snapping at each other. But they threw us in a barrel, threw some food in there, and said, now y'all figure out how to get out instead of allowing us to be in our natural habitat and then they come and say y'all need to produce collective impact work and what ends up happening is we have never had the time to one sit with our own internal trauma because most of us come to this work with some experienced trauma that led us to this work so we're still trying to heal from that most of us don't have you know the equity lines ain't playing our staff has insurance but most of us don't have access to therapy. We don't have insurance. We don't have a livable wage to provide the, what we need. So we're still dealing with that. And then we put, we pay a livable wage. Yeah. Everyone on our team, we don't pay anything under fifteen dollars an hour. Even our paid canvassers, we start at fifteen dollars. Yeah, hour. they got said We 50s. practice what we preach, and we live yeah. out our values Yeah, we. That's what we don't talk about enough. Is like. How we run the business of the organization and living out our values. We'll talk about that another day. But yeah, we could, that's the money talk. We say we're gonna have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they and then they they want us to collectively work together, but we've never had a space to be in community. We've never had a space to be in relationship with one another. And like I said, most of the time, people who are fighting for people are broken. I mean, most people are bro- most black people are broken. And so you try to put a whole bunch of broken people together yeah. and expect us to work together and we're breaking each other even more. And so that's something that I'm passionate we're about. Our yeah, like know. I'm really passionate about that. Like I I another thing about me is I have a master's in therapy. So I'm very like emotionally very emotionally in tune like i'm very emotionally comfortable and, and you know secure and stable and, and one of the things that i think needs to happen is we need to be able to have a space where black activists black leaders can come together and just be in community with each other like let's just and not competition and yeah like but but it's not our fault that we're in competition like I, it's not our fault that we don't we're not able to effectively work together because The people around us, white organizations, have created that competition by cherry picking. Yeah. So it's like you know what'll happen is you'll have a big white group that'll come in and say, "Oh, we can help Black people build collective impact. Give us the ten million dollars. We're gonna get the Equity Alliance over here and give them five hundred thousand. We're gonna get this Black group and give them two hundred thousand. We're gonna get this Black group and give them fifty thousand. And they end up keeping the most, and their organization sustained. And And we're doing all the work. We're doing all the work. And we ain't even fighting over the crumbs on the ground. We fighting over the crumbs on the knife that they use to cut the pie with. And so I feel like the only way that we can overcome that is for us to actually, like, it's not a big deal, but to just spend time in community with each other. like get to know each other outside of the work. Outside of the work. Like, what what do you like? like? Yeah, I feel like people like to look at my profile, my Facebook, and my Twitter, and think they know me. Yeah. But you, you don't really know (laughs) <laughs> like and we, I'm I guilty like, of that too we I feel like I get misunderstood yeah. a lot um, yeah. based off this perception and like we just need to get to know each other out, offline like yeah. let's get back to like true genuine relationship building and community yeah we've been doing that we've been building relationships especially in the electoral space like all of I can say one thing like the people who do the electoral organizing work for the most part we have come together but I think what ends up happening is people want to get into the electoral space mm-hmm. from another space, and then they bring that in, and it it never just meshes because people have different political ideologies. Like some people feel like you should be like this, and some people are like anybody that's not like this doesn't fit into this. And for me, that's not me. Like I'm not the person that feels like Black people shouldn't make money, or you know, Black people should. Want to struggle or I don't feel like that. I feel like black people should do whatever the hell they want to do and have the freedom to do it. I might not agree with you if you're a black capitalist. I don't necessarily agree with everything that's capitalist capitalism, but I do agree with certain aspects of free market enterprise. So that's kind of like another rant for another day. We should have that's a good one. We <laughs> yeah. should talk about that. Yeah. We should Different bring in some political people. ideology. Yeah. Oh, that'll yeah. be real good. Y'all, yeah. we're gonna talk about that. Y'all let this. us know in the comments what y'all want us to talk about some topics y'all want to get into this is a two-way street so let us know let's talk let's chat it up and we'll respond in the comments and we'll maybe you'll see your uh topic on a a future episode Mm -hmm. so yeah and we're always looking to bring people on the porch too so yeah okay well i think that's that's a good little that's a, that's a good little segue. Yes. So we always going to leave you with some good nuggets. The, the real deal stuff that you need to know that you on for the next week. Early voting starts next Wednesday, October 14th, runs through October 29th. What's your plan on voting? You know, voter suppression these days looks like confusion and chaos. And so don't get caught in the booby traps of voter suppression by not knowing the rules not knowing what you need no. to bring, not knowing what the hours are of the polling locations, not knowing where your polling location is. Make sure you have a plan to go vote. What day are you gonna go vote? Who are you bringing with you? Do you have your ID on you? Did you read the voter guide? Do you know who you're voting for? Do you know what's on the ballot and how you're gonna vote? Make sure you get in there and you boop, 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 press the button and you out, okay? That's what we gotta do, because we don't wanna get COVID either, so you gotta boop, 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 get on that. So, October 14th through the 29th. Make sure you do that. Request your ballot by the 27th if you're going to mail-in vote. And then November 3rd is the election. So mm-hmm. check us out. Share our events. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We out here, y'all. We in these streets, baby. That's a Y'all have a great week. We'll see you.